Roundtable presented by America First Credit Union. I'm JT. This is Q Myers. We really appreciate you turn, tuning in every week. Thank you so much. We got a lot to get to. I am excited about this Patriot <laughs> game, but we got to talk about the Rams yeah, loss first. Absolutely. There's a lot to clean up, as coaches like to say, right. after that game. I was at SoFi for the first time. I want to begin by saying the turnout by Raider Nation was incredible. I've mm-hmm. seen all the great turnout crowds in the past. This was absolutely electric to see that many Raider fans there. And Q, they opened up and they looked really good. That first drive of the game is Raiders football. That's the way the Raiders should play when they open up every game. Be exciting. Have the body language open up with some exotic plays. Take Mm -hmm. shots. And they did that to get an early lead. They really did. And that was something that I talked about a lot going into the game. And I know you did as well. That they had to go out there and make an opening drive with a statement. Right? And get down there and get in the end zone. And that's exactly what they did and it felt like you know when they get in and get up 7-0 it felt like one of those days like whoa boy this is what this team could really look like as they continue to try to build that momentum and try to you know build that continuity that they've been trying to you know work on all season so I thought this is what it's going to be and it just never looked like that after that drive but that drive gave you a little bit of a glimpse of what that offense could potentially well, look that's like. That's what this whole season's been about. How many yeah. how many great highlights do we have of this team? Bombs, right. touchdowns, flea flickers, and all that. Mm. There's been plenty of highlights this year, but it's been a season where it can't be sustainable. And I'll tell you, they took the Ram fans out of that game. The Ram fans just went there to watch the Raiders. <laughs> a lot of those Ram fans were checked out coming in, and the Raiders opened up, and they played really well, and I thought the defense played well. This was a 16-3 to game the entire game. Every time I looked right. up, it's 10 Three sixteen to three. So the defense, I thought, Q balled out early in that game. I agree, hundred percent. They were getting pressure on Baker Mayfield, and you could tell he was getting uncomfortable. I mean, they forced the the quarterback change after the first possession, yeah. right? I mean, they they did a lot of really good things in that game, and ultimately, what they didn't do, and what everyone's going to look at, is the L at the end. I mean, they didn't finish, and so that's unfortunate because I do think that the defense over the past few weeks has really been ramping up and getting yeah. better, yeah. right? You see more pressure, you see more sacks. They had a what a four sack performance. I mean, that's, that's something that all of a sudden in the last few weeks you've seen the Raiders get four, five, four sacks, but they just haven't finished, and they didn't finish that game on Thursday. Well, we'll get to it later on, and you'll see uh, some of the highlights that became the lowlights for the Raiders yeah. on that final drive is that they were playing press coverage. They've been playing more man-to-man. We talked about that throughout this year, that the team hasn't been able to play man-to-man because they don't have the personnel to do it, or the right. scheme just doesn't fit this roster here. And when they decided to play press coverage and – Really, one-on-one football turned out to bite him there. But in this game, there's a lot of things we got to get to. And the, the quick start is what we open with here. But what happened to the offense in the second half? What happened right. with an offense that was supposed to come in and do whatever they wanted to do? Attack, they were able to do that early. And then Devontae didn't have a catch in the second half. That is inexcusable at any level for Devontae Adams to go shut out in a quarter, let alone a half, let alone in a must-win game on the road that would have been four in a row. I don't know how that team didn't have Devontae on the same page from the coach to the quarterback to Devontae and that's unfortunate. He's too good of a player. It really is and it really made me think while I was watching the game what you always talk about because I've been very, yeah, hey, feed Josh Jacobs the ball and I know you continue to say if you feed him the ball and he's running really well and they're not converting those drives into touchdowns Mm -hmm. you could potentially lose the game. You said that so many times and so when I see them get a field goal get a field goal, get a field goal I think man, JT's thinking somewhere, throw that ball to 17. 
<laughs> well, I just think that the easy place to 17 should be really easy. Just little five-yard right. slants. Right. Throw just it to him involved. Or just throw him to the ball at the line of scrimmage. Right. And see, because he can make a big play there. But yeah. that didn't happen. Let's talk about Josh Jacobs in that game. He was banged up. Yeah. He's been banged up. And he's been playing through all this. What a player. What a season he's having. He's incredible. And I talked to Coach McDaniels about it, is that he's a player that it sometimes the walk-off touchdown against Seattle is the, the peak of what he can do. Right, that's the highlight. The, there's still some third and ones and some mm-hmm. fourth and ones where this team can't get him the space to pick up a first down. I thought that was critical in this game. They could not get a first down on a third and one when they desperately needed it to put the game away. Exactly. There's been so many times that Josh Jacobs has been able to come through and the offensive line has been able to block downhill to give him that space. And again, when they needed it the most, they weren't able to get it. They weren't able to get that first down and extend the drive and, and basically salt the game away. And that's what they were trying to do and you know I don't feel bad if you lose a game and you have the ball in your best player's hands you know Jacobs Devontae Adams but it just felt like man if the Raiders could have made one play two plays here the game would have been totally different well as we wait for Waller and Renfro to get an update on them as we record Raiders roundtable you just know that Hunter can pick up a third and one yeah you know that Waller can do just a quick little five yard Devontae could too and Devontae can do that yep. too and Devontae's going to be double teamed and I tip my cap to the Rams they made good adjustments mm-hmm. at the half they didn't have Aaron Donald they didn't have Cooper Cup They didn't have Matthew Stafford, but I've been saying it on my radio shows for years. Baker Mayfield's good. He's He's really good. He's been on a bad team. He went to Cleveland. He won a playoff game with them. Obviously, it didn't work out in Carolina. They didn't have a good roster there. And a lot of it was on Baker, too. Baker Mm -hmm. didn't play and perform at his best. But how about Baker Mayfield in that fourth quarter? Even with pressure on him, he was delivering. You got to tip your cap to him. He won that game. Right. And that's the thing about Baker Mayfield. I mean, at some point, it just gets back to pitching and catching. And he knows how to do that. And when the game speeds up, that's really when Baker's at his best, right? It's it's sped up. He knows there's only a couple options he's got. He's got to keep the ball in bounds. He's got to get these guys open. And that's what he's going to do. And so he just got into his comfort zone and made it happen. And we'll also talk about it, especially when Lincoln Kennedy joins us coming up, about the penalties. The penalties are still a big problem here. When I talk to Coach McDaniels about it, they are preaching it. They're teaching it and preaching it to play clean football. And they did. They played okay until the fourth quarter. Yeah, you got. And then be what happened down the stretch there with the unsportsmanlike conduct play, the interception that was called back right. for pass interference that cannot happen. Then no. and jumping off sides on a punt. Right. That That's the game. Either. Yeah. That's the game. That's yep. another minute and a half off the clock. Exactly. And Baker Mayfield doesn't have the time to go to the length of the field. Those are inexcusable. Yep. Absolutely inexcusable penalties for players who just got to be better, Q. Right. And the thing about it is, Coach McDaniels has been talking about us this training camp. You know, don't shoot yourself in the foot. Don't beat yourself. Those kind of plays are exactly what he's been talking about. Those are beating yourselves, not making the Rams beat them, but jumping off sides on a punt can't happen. The Raiders had the ball back. Even if they go three and out, like you said, a minute and a half goes off the clock. Baker Mayfield doesn't have the time. You know, the interception is one thing. The Tillery, uh, unsportsmanlike penalty. I mean, those things, it's just discipline, and you're a smarter football player than that. At least you're supposed to be smarter than that to do that. As we're looking at some of the highlights of the game, it's 16-13, and Baker Mayfield now is throwing dimes. The coverage, Nate Hobbs, uh, the rest of this team was trying hard. I mean, the yeah. defense was pretty tight here, but they were getting open in windows, and Baker, Maker, Baker Mayfield was making throws, throwing dimes to the sideline. Not only were they coming back in the game, but they got an opportunity here on this score where they get down to the goal line here. This was a long drive. That's yeah. what drove me crazy, Q. Mm-hmm. Being in their building to see the long, sustainable drives on the final two touchdowns for Baker Mayfield, all it is is an interception, another sack, a tip ball, and
and the Raiders walk away with a win. Right, no doubt. And that's, that's a, again, unfortunate because it was just one play or one play here, one play there, and the outcome is totally different. And the Raiders just weren't able to make that play. They just allowed them to hang around, hang around, hang around long enough. And you've been covering sports. It doesn't matter what sport it is, what team it is. If you allow that team to have the belief that they can win the game, they'll come back and win. All right, here comes the 98-yard drive as we take a look at this. The punt was amazing. Yes. Uh, the punt was amazing. I thought it was going to hit and go right out of bounds. I thought it was bounds. going out of bounds. Yeah, I thought it was going I thought it was a bad punt. I did, too. It goes behind Jason Horowitz <laughs> I did and Lincoln too. Kennedy, and then it rolls out there. The Raiders are celebrating here. And then Baker Mayfield goes on this drive, and there is the, some big plays, some sacks. Max here making an unbelievable play. When you have a play like this with Max Crosby, who's right. fighting to be the defensive player of the year, you cannot have a mental mistake. No. This was not a physical mistake. It was a mental mistake yep. by Tillery. That is unacceptable here. I thought it was one of the many reasons, the domino effect on how they lost. Yeah, no doubt. And we've given Tillery a lot of flowers. We've given him a lot of praise for yeah. what he's done with the Raiders since he's been with the team. But that kind of moment and, and that kind of play and that kind of moment is unacceptable. It can't happen. It li- basically eliminated the ma- massive play that Crosby had sacking Baker May field and it's just again it's a game killer we spent a lot of time this week at the end of last week Q and I only had one show on Friday and you did the post game and jumped in for me I did the post game from the stadium on this play here how was Webb in man coverage? Yeah. I thought he should have lined up at the five. Yep. Because if the ball's thrown in front of him at the eight, come make a tackle. Make a tackle, and yep. then everybody can get to the ball. But the one thing you couldn't do at that time is put a young player inexperienced in right. coverage like that, and that cost him the game. You can't get that play back. No. But what should have happened is they should have laid off. They should have kept everybody. Q, you know what it is. Keep everybody in yeah. front of you. In front I don't care of you if it's in, basketball. In the of the field. Everybody in front of you here. Yep. And that was just a breakdown there at that point. And Baker Mayfield picked him apart. He really did. And, you know, it, it reminded me of another painful uh, Raider memory and, and taking it all the way back to Monday Night Football in the Oakland Coliseum against the Kansas City Chiefs when uh, Andre Risen got behind. Yeah, that's again. The, yeah, got, a, got behind the, the defender. And Eric Turner was right there. Rest in peace to Eric Turner. And it was the end of game. You know, Monday Night Football. When I saw that Sam Webb play, that's what it re- First thing I thought of was that exact play right there. The Raiders had 137 yards passing in a game where Devontae can do that at the half. Devontae can do that at the half. So he wasn't able to do that in the second half. So I give credit. I give credit to the Rams for the way they defended Devontae. But the Raiders, especially Derek Carr, has to be better Mm -hmm. of getting Devontae the football here. Because Devontae, we've been talking about this, one more first down. Let me go back to something quickly because it's a game I studied for a long time, the 28-3 to comeback by the Patriots in the Super yeah, Bowl against yeah, yeah. Atlanta. That was massive. In that Super Bowl, all Atlanta needed was one more first down. Because right. we're talking about two minutes yeah, yeah. off the game. They mm-hmm. needed Julio Jones. They needed Kyle Shanahan to come up with one more first down, and they win the Super Bowl. And they didn't. And it just steamrolled. Edelman made the great catch. Brady had the greatest comeback of his career. This game will haunt the Raiders because all they needed in the fourth quarter was one more first down. Right. They couldn't get it in the passing game. They couldn't get on the ground. They couldn't get it with a quarterback moving outside the pocket. And that's concerning, but I'm optimistic that they clean that up against New England coming in here and play a really good game. Well, while we're talking about discipline, also right before the halftime when, when Derek Carr throws that interception, I realize he got bumped, but he just kind of lobs that ball into the end zone. The, the rule is it's your guy or no guy. Yeah. I mean, that's the rule. You get, a, you get a field goal right there. If he throws an incompletion or even takes a sack, there's 50 seconds left in the, on the clock. 
you get a field goal right there, the game's over, too. Q, at 16-3 to at that point in time when the interception came, I'm looking up at that SoFi scoreboard, which has got to be the biggest one in the world. <laughs> it is. And I'm doing the math, saying to myself, okay, that's, a, that's a, it's an interesting score here. They can come back yep. with two scores. They were able to do that, and the Raiders lost a critical game against Los Angeles, one that they should have had. Should have had it. But now it's look in the mirror. They had some extra time off. We'll talk what happened in L.A. and what the Raiders can do to build on that when we return on Raiders Round table when you're a part of a team there are expectations and one of the things i expect from my team is trust i work hard to win and i trust my team to work hard too that's why i feel good about america first credit union they're my financial team and i trust that they'll always be there for me and my community i'm hunter renfro join me and the america first team today 60 years in the making, the Raiders now have a permanent place to call home, and the doors are open to get a world-class behind-the-scenes tour of their new home, an attraction unlike any other in Las Vegas, Allegiant Stadium. The Las Vegas Raiders invite you to experience the expertly guided tour that includes exclusive access to areas restricted to only football players, coaches, and staff. For more information, visit AllegiantStadium.com forward slash tours. Thanks for coming back to Raiders Roundtable, presented by America First Credit Union. I'm JT, along with Q. And Q, as we look back at this game against the Rams, we want to bury that film. We want to move on from that. But a couple of things I wanted to mention first is Josh Jacobs. The goal of this organization is to win every game and to win championships. But a goal now has to be to get him the rushing title. Absolutely. Get him the rushing Absolutely. title. Absolutely. Thank you. It's very important because of the history of this organization, the players who have played running back. And look, you look at the history of this league with Jim Brown, Barry Sanders, Walter Payton. You got an opportunity with this O line to run him to daylight mm-hmm. and get him the title as best running back in football. Let's do it because I thought he ran hard as he was banged up in that game. He showed his warrior status yes. this year. What a year for Josh Jacobs. It really has been. I really applaud the young man for everything that he's been able to do all season. And we know how it all started. We know the fifth-year option was declined, and so that was a big storyline. And he did not allow that to be a storyline. That's what I really respect. He said, it's about ball. Let's go ball. I don't care if they drafted a couple running backs. I'm going to go out there and show you who I can be. And now leading the league with over 1,400 yards rushing. I mean, yes, that's got to be one of the big goals. And Josh will tell you, after games, we talk to him in the locker room all the time. He doesn't care about individual stats, so he's not focused in on that, but someone like me could talk about that. Someone like you could talk about that. That'd be a great feather in the cap for Josh Jacobs to be the rushing title. Get the rushing title in 2022, and the way he's running, he's running like a champion. He's running like a guy that wants the, the ball in his hands so he can help the team win each and every week. I've just really applaud what I've seen from Josh. And one interesting point here with Waller and Renfro as we wait for their status. You're talking about guys who have had 100 receptions. Yeah. So if you take out, say they combine for 160 this year, mm-hmm. that's less touches for Josh. He doesn't have this record. It's right, just, it's true. It's just the math. That's he true. doesn't yeah, have it. They had to be run heavy. And look at Devontae's numbers and Devontae's mm-hmm. targets as we get to that coming up here. So Josh Jacobs has taken advantage of this role because of men being down and not being able to play who are pro bowlers, right. and he's getting the extra load and he's taking advantage of it. He really has. And, you know, the offensive line has continued to grow with him, and he 
he's been continuing to grow with them, and so he sets up his blocks really well. But JT, it's always the the run after the 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 first contact, the yes. second contact, the third and fourth contact. I mean, I don't I couldn't tell you how many undershirts that guy's ripped. You know, you see it all the time hanging from his jersey. I mean, he's just he's not going down on first contact. And you just I, I mean, I know you've been watching football for a long time. I do too. I don't think there's anything more uh, entertaining than seeing a running back not go down and just have that warrior like mentality. It's just so much fun to watch. All right, we move on to Devontae, and I'm still in shock by this. I talked about it. You did on the radio, too. It is yeah. unacceptable that he didn't catch a ball in the second half and didn't get the targets. It's just, it's just unimaginable. Right. The targets in the first quarter were okay, okay, for what he did. But in the second half of that game, what happened there is unacceptable. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of blame to go around. And in regards to Devontae, I don't know what Devontae does during the game and speaking up, but his best friend is Derek Carr. They need to figure that out. Yeah. They need to be in the huddle in the third quarter and go, for whatever's happening, we're not getting you open. Let's fix this right now. We yeah. work in the offseason together. We're best friends. Let's figure it out. They weren't able to do that, and that's the reason, one of the reasons they lost the game. And that's got to be cleaned up here because Devontae der- deserves better. Derek deserves better. The coach, Josh McDaniels, wants to get him the ball. Looking back on this, what happened? I, how much credit can we give the Rams for what they did? I'll give them credit because I don't want to be that guy that doesn't just look over and act like they didn't have anything to do with it. But at some point, and JT, you mentioned earlier in the show, you got to smoke him the rock. You know, you just got to, okay, he's at the line of scrimmage, just give him the ball because you see what he does after he has the ball in his hands. He's got to continue to have touches. He's one of those guys, and there's certain wide receivers, most of them that are really good, the elite ones. You got to get them involved in the game early, but you got to keep them active in the game, regardless if it's a big time play, a big throw down the field, just get them touches. It's just like running backs. They get better as the game goes along. Devontae Adams, man, is so uh, phenomenal. We've seen so many great plays from him. He has to be active on game days. I mean, if you think about it, he had three catches on the day. Matt Collins had two. Like, that can't happen. When Devontae Adams is on the field, Jim Plunkett told me this a decade ago about Cliff Branch. When Cliff was on the field, he never checked down. Right. I mean, rarely. Kenny King, mm-hmm. maybe a big play here. You right. know this. Yeah, but for sure. With Devontae on the field, on third down and whatever, third and 14, third and 11, third and seven, the ball should never be thrown underneath unless someone's wide open because Devontae will catch a 50-50 ball. He caught a blind ball in this game. Yeah. Literally his hand. One-handed blind. One-handed ball. So yeah. force feed him the football, yep. and I think they'll be able to do this against the Patriots. The penalties, a big topic in this edition of Raiders Roundtable. The penalties got to get cleaned up. I know for a fact, and I'll take the heat on this one, I talk to the coach every week, and this coach is diligent on this topic. Mm -hmm. They do not practice poorly. They practice not to jump off sides. They practice not to make a mistake when it comes to special teams. They practice not to have pre-snap penalties. So this, to me, is on the players. I'm sorry. They're not taught this way from McDaniels, who came over from Belichick. This is a tight practice team, and they practice hard, and the players have to be better. Better in this situation. Sometimes it's a coach's fault. Mm-hmm. We could say that on defense, whatever you want to do. Right. But when it comes to some of these momentum killers, this has got to be cleaned up, especially against Belichick right. and the Patriots. They don't do this. No, they don't. And Lincoln Kennedy would tell you, and he tells us all the time, that it's just about having a, a, a attention to detail. That's all it's about, attention to detail. Every one of the big penalties that the Raiders had against the Rams resulted in a first down. You know, you can't have that. You cannot have those kind of penalties that continue to keep drives alive for the other team. You're just giving them. You're giving them first downs. You're giving them opportunities. And that's what the Raiders cannot do. 
it's just undisciplined, and that's something that this this new staff has mentioned that they did not want to be. Josh McDaniels has been saying this since training camp. He does not want to have an undisciplined football team. And what you saw on Thursday in result of a lot of those first downs was a lot of undisciplined. Q, one more quick thing. A lot of it has to do with depth. We know that Dave Ziegler is trying to get in better players. Sure. He's trying to do that. There isn't a lot of depth on this team, especially on the defensive side. Mm-hmm. So a lot of individuals who are making mistakes like this might not be here. They might not be playing, but they're called in and they, they're doing a hell of a job playing. Right. Next man up, and that's what's happening here. You got young players, inexperienced players, players are, are, might not be here in the future, mm-hmm. and they're making mistakes. And you you got to clean that up going into a game like this against New England. You do, you do. I mean, but then you you, you know you look at some of the guys, the the culprits. You know, you look at Jerry Tillery, former first round pick, Cleve Furl, former first round pick. You know, I mean, guys like that. Uh, Amik Robertson got called for a PI that took away a, a turnover. I mean, you know, there's just play after play after play. You just have to be more disciplined and know the situation. Know what's happening. Cleef Farrell has to know, we're getting the ball back. We're getting the ball back. We can't do this. And again, I even go back again to that, that interception before halftime. That was a lack of discipline on Derek's part as well. Absolutely. Okay, so we take a look at these close losses and their gut punches. Whatever you want to describe, yeah. this, is, this hasn't happened before. This is so rare mm-hmm. in NFL history. A lot of it I call bad luck. A lot of it is bad luck. They play hard. They play to win. And these games, look at what's happened here with these last possession games. But the ones that jump out the most are the Cardinals. That was a game that just got away from them. And two touchdowns, two two-point conversions. The Ram game was very close. That was the toughest post game I've ever done since the Tuck rule. You and me both. Right, regular season. One, yeah. The Colts game, unacceptable, one possession game. Yep. Jaguars, they were up by 17 there. The Chief game, man, would you love that one back? They should have won that game, but mm-hmm. it's the Chiefs. And then the Titan game, a ball went past Waller in the end zone there. They could have won that game. And then the Chargers, think of how slow the Raiders started at SoFi and then came back and had the ball with an opportunity to win. Right, exactly. And just, I mean, there's so many. You look at them. I mean, you're looking at 7-1 one score losses, right? And, and you're wondering, man, if the, if a play here or a play there had gone the other direction, what the records, the Raiders' record could be looking like right now. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, it is what it is. And like Bill Parcells always says, you are what your record says you are. This is a team when we get into the offseason, and we're nowhere near that. No. Uh, a lot of us are going to be talking on radio and other platforms about what could have happened with these one-possession games. Yeah. I hope that will be the motivation for every player this offseason who's back. Mm-hmm. I hope that every player that stays in this organization – that is seared into their mind of what happened. They were all a part of these gut-wrenching losses, but they played hard in all of them. Right. I have never once come on this podcast, my radio shows, and ever thought that the Raiders weren't given maximum no, effort. No, that's no very quit. important, and yeah. that's critical mm-hmm. with the New England game because they have everything to play for coming up in this game. As we look at New England and what New England brings to the table, to me this is a test for where the organization is. You can't hide behind that test. You can't say, well, New England, it's not a big game. They're here, we're there. No. This is why you brought in Dave Ziegler. This Mm -hmm. is why you brought in Josh McDaniels. The goal is to what? The goal is to be New England when it comes to stability. So everyone in that locker room needs to understand that. Everyone in that locker room should be playing for the GM and the coach, should be playing their butt off in this game to prove that their organization made the right decision bringing Ziegler Mm -hmm. and McDaniels here. 
I expect this team to be explosive, ready to go. They have to be with the time off cue. They need to look in the mirror and just have self-awareness and just say, okay, this is what it is. We've got four games left. Let's go get it done. And the first one is the most important one. The next one will be the most important one. This is the New England Patriots coming to town, right? You know, show some pride. Show some poise. Uh, All those those words that are written on the wall at Allegiant Stadium, you know, commitment to excellence. Show that. You know, play for not only uh, the name on the front of the jersey, but the name on the back of the jersey. I mean, it's just there's a lot going on. And, And look, JT, we talked about Josh Jacobs and the fantastic season he is. Let's not forget about the fantastic season that Max Crosby is having that, you know, he could easily be in the running for Defensive Player of the Year. He won't get it because of the overall record of the Raiders. But, I mean, the guy's got 11 and a half sacks. He's got 73 tackles. That's second in the team. 73 tackles. That means he's not just getting after the quarterback. He's also stopping the run. He's everywhere. 19 uh, tackles for losses. He's got like four passes defense. I mean, the guy has been all over the field. There needs to be more guys in that locker room that say, you know what, I need to get some of that Max Crosby juice and go out there and play like well, that. Well, Judon has that juice on yes, the other sideline. All right, and he's, he's <laughs> in competition for Defensive Player of the Year. He had a monster game on Monday Night yep. Football. No one's been able to stop him. Trent Brown, who was an absolute bust in this organization, he was a bust. Yep. He didn't want to play for the Raiders. He wants to play for New England. He'll be highly motivated here. I'm very concerned about New England special teams. I think they're elite mm-hmm. in some games. They can cover. They, they're great on kickoff returns when they get an opportunity in punt returns. The Raiders are going to be have to be careful there. But to me, it comes down to Derek Carr versus Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. And if anybody doesn't think that it's quarterback versus quarterback, I apologize. It is to me. This is a quarterback in Derek Carr that's got to outplay Mac Jones. He did not outplay Baker Mayfield. He did not outplay Baker Mayfield. Derek Carr is a much better quarterback than Baker Mayfield. I believe he is a much better quarterback than Mac Jones because of his experience here. And I think that Derek's got to come out with his hair on fire, getting Devontae going, depending on Waller and Renfro. We know Josh is going to get the touches there. I want to see the body language. Mm -hmm. I want to see the energy. I'd like to see a vintage Derek Carr game. 320 yards. Might not be able to do it against this defense, but how about three touchdowns? How about the ability to run for a touchdown? Down, do something big. I know Derek is motivated to do it here, and I know Derek wants to win really big for Josh McDaniels against his former team. We have not seen that vintage game yet this year from Derek not. Carr, right? We've seen good games from Derek. I don't want to take anything from him. We've seen some really good performances, but we haven't seen that oh wow game, right? You haven't seen that game where, hey, Derek Carr is the absolute dude, right? We haven't seen that game yet. Uh, it would be great to see that game coming up on Sunday against the Patriots. Like you said, their defense is really good, and a lot of what Derek Carr is going to do on Sunday is going to depend on the offensive line as long as they can protect. The Patriots had six sacks on Monday night against the Cardinals. They were all over whatever quarterback was in there. Kyler Murray early, and then uh, and then they had their backup in after that, Colt McCoy. Colt and McCoy. so, yeah, they got to make sure that they're able to protect Derek Carr, or else it could be a long day at Allegiant oh, Stadium. They were, they were Colt McCoy in the second half. Didn't have a chance. He didn't have a chance, have and a that's chance. important. That's the same defense that the Raiders are going to see. And, you know, and one more point on motivation. We're not players here. We're just hosting this podcast. Yeah. But the players – have to understand what Mark Davis is trying to build here with this GM and this coach. And they have to be tested. And when the schedule came out, not only was I excited, I was actually pretty bitter that the Raiders only had one primetime game at home. That was disrespect to this organization for putting on great shows in Mm -hmm. primetime at Allegiant Stadium. The backdrop of what could have been the strip at night, how the game looks. They flexed them out of there because the Raiders' record. The Raiders' record is the reason they were flexed out of that game. That should add motivation for this team, losing a primetime game and what they need to do to end the Patriots' season. I'm not a big spoiler guy. 
I want to win. I don't want to spoil other right. teams. Right. Look what the Raiders have in front of them. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Pittsburgh is proud, and they're making a little bit of a run here until recently there with the Ravens. But I look at the Niners and Brock Purdy mm-hmm. and what's going to happen with Kansas City. If Kansas City comes in here the last game of the year and they need that game over Buffalo to get home field, wait till you see that. Right. So with the schedule up here, the Raiders have an opportunity to win a game that they should have won, get their sixth win, and then you could look at the Steelers and go, wow. That's our seventh win. Right. And then hope, and I believe Miami and the Jets are going to come back to the pack. And if you and I are sitting in this podcast studio heading into that 49er game, and the Raiders have an opportunity for a miracle to run the table there, I'm pretty optimistic that could be a nice Christmas present. I mean, it could be a great Christmas present. Of course, the Niners have that strong defense. We saw that in full display, and so that's going to be a tough one. But again, I look at all four of these teams that they have remaining on the schedule. There's not a team on their schedule they can't beat, but they got to go out there and execute. Q, let's keep that up for a second. Look at this. The, the biggest dynasty of the modern era recently, the Patriots. Yep. One of the greatest franchises of all time, the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Deception. Yeah. Yep. Right? That means a lot to this organization. Absolutely. The Niners, five Super Bowls, mm-hmm. Montana and Young. And then Kansas City, the rival of the Raiders and the team they're trying to chase. You cannot draw up a better schedule than that, especially with three of those four being at home and Raider Nation paid for these tickets, right. they want to win. These aren't Raider fans coming into there saying, hey, I'm going to have a cocktail, say mm-hmm. hi to my friends over the holidays. Raider fans want these victories. I'm yeah. talking about all four of them. The Christmas Eve game is on the road, but it all starts with the Patriots coming up on Sunday. They were bruised and battered in that game. In the first half, they had three guys right. go to the locker room there, and they played like warriors in the second half. What a test for the silver and black. No doubt. And the other thing about this organization is they need to start uh, – it needs to become a habit to win at home, right? Like you mentioned, they have three out of four games to close out the season at home. They need to start winning at home consistently to become that team where a lot of fans are saying, okay, are they going to have a home field advantage? They will if they win. If they continue to win at home, Mm -hmm. other teams and other fan bases will come in and say, yeah, but the Raiders are really tough at home, so this will probably be a loss. And it won't be the confidence that a lot of fans have coming into Allegiant Stadium right now because, well, the Raiders don't really win that much at home. They've got to start establishing home dominance. I love this game against New England. I love what it means to this building and this team and what they need to prove to the organization and the fans. I just love it. I think the atmosphere is going to be electric. There's going to be a lot of New England fans in town. They're on the outside looking in. The Raiders need really a football miracle to get a lot of help here. But nobody is separating. That's what cracks me up about the league. Nobody is separating. I mean, as bad as the season has been, it hasn't gone the way the Raiders Mm. wanted to. They're literally right there in the mix. Well, look at all that. What it is is the race to get to nine wins. Yeah. Everybody's been asking me because you can't be 500 anymore. No. So you want to be nine and eight, right? Right. You want to. The Raiders have an opportunity to end the season above 500, which they've done every year since they've been in Vegas. Right. They had a mm-hmm. eight and eight season and a ten win season. They have an opportunity for a nine win season, and it's not out of the woods yet. They they could do this, but it's one game at a time. Right. I have not been able to, along with you, look ahead at all this year right. because these losses have been such gut punches and so emotional. It takes three or four days on the radio to, to get them over. up. Yeah. Well, this will be a victory if the Raiders can beat the Patriots. That will give us the juice to talk about the Belichick-McDaniels rivalry going right. forward. Who's going to be here? Who's going who's to shine? Who's making a Pro Bowl run? So I'm excited about this, Q. I think this is an opportunity for the Raiders 
choose to do something positive in a season where there's been a lot of heartbreaking losses. I agree. I agree. I mean, they, they can finish this season off really strong, you know, knowing yeah. that these teams are all really good teams in front of them. They all have high aspirations. You mentioned the organizations. The coaches are really good coaches. They can finish this thing off strong and feel really good about themselves and then let the chips fall where they may because they really they're not out the woods yet. Uh, coming up, we'll take a look at the rest of the AFC West, what happened this past weekend, obviously what stands in front of the Raiders as we continue on Raiders Roundtable. Welcome back to Raiders Roundtable, presented by America First Credit Union, as we take a look at the upcoming schedule and the standings in the AFC West. And Q, I knew we'd get to this point in the season. I was trying to hold back as long as we could. Raiders have to run the table. I haven't brought that up once on the radio this year. I've been taking it one game at a time, Mm -hmm. one at a time. But the Rams' loss put the Raiders in the situation where they have to run the table. And let's not talk about running the table for the playoffs with the standings here just yet. Let's just talk about doing your job and beating the Patriots and then beating Brock Purdy and beating Trubisky or Pickett, whatever you want to do here. Because as we look at the wild card standings, the Raiders should be coming into this game 6-7 and seven at a minimum after the Rams game. If you had the Cardinal game yeah. and everything else, Jacksonville, we know where the Raiders would be. I think the Jets are going to come back to the pack. Big win for the Chargers. Kansas City's run away and hide. And then the Bengals are playing great. I think the Dolphins are slipping. Yeah. And the Patriots, as we talked about, who just won in Arizona, they're right in the hunt. And this game means everything to them in Vegas as they could go 8-6 and six with a win. Yeah, no doubt. They're right there in the hunt. Their offense is not very good, but as we saw on Monday Night Football, their defense could play, right? Yeah. They're going to get after the quarterback, and they're going to make some plays. So defensively, they're a heck of a team. Offensively, they still have a lot to, uh, a lot to be desired, but they still are finding ways to win games. And ultimately, at the end of the day, if you can find ways to win games, that is all that really matters. Well, Kansas City beat Denver in a game that I thought they should have <laughs> won by 40. And yeah. got to give Denver a little bit of credit when they were down – uh, 27 nothing. whatever the score was. They yeah. came all the way back in that game. Also, Russell Wilson got concussed in that game. So they played hard. I Patrick Mahomes Denver. threw some picks. Yeah. He had like three interceptions in the he game. He played sloppy, and then yeah. the one touchdown that he threw sideways was right. a classic Mahomes play. But Kansas City did what they were supposed to do this year. You know, everybody, the prognosticators, I thought Kansas City would win the division before the start of the season. I never bought into Denver. I thought the Raiders would have double-digit wins here, and the Chargers are going to charge her. They're going to be right around the playoffs here. But Kansas City proving once again they're the best team in the AFC West. They really are, but they did show a little bit. Uh, I think that there should be a little bit of caution for you know Chiefs fans when they look at that game against Denver because again they're up twenty-seven nothing. You got to put the foot on the on, on the gas and just finish it off. You know, just kind of break their neck. And they didn't. They allowed them to hang around. And I saw Patrick Mahomes get a little sloppy with the ball. And so I, I'm thinking that that's just a one-off opportunity. But we'll see. You know, that could be something moving forward as they try to push for the playoffs. Well, I am fascinated watching the chase for Kansas. Kansas City and Buffalo, Mm because Buffalo has the tiebreaker. They beat them this year. Buffalo's got to run the table. If they lose one more and Kansas City runs the table, Buffalo's going to have to play in Kansas City at some point. Mm -hmm. So that, to me, is the big story. And then we have Cincinnati and what they're doing. But, you know, back to Kansas City, they're professional. Andy Reid knows the playbook well. Their defense is opportunistic. And another Denver loss. And I I can't see the coach surviving this year because they're just losing. They're losing dramatically. And that Russell Wilson contract queue is turning out to be the worst this year. I'm not saying that's going to last for years to come, but there's no debate 
the worst contract in football this year is Russell Wilson. I'm expecting him to snap out of it eventually. I would think so as well, and I hate to see anyone get injured. And so when he left that game concussed and as bad as it looked, you know, everyone felt for Russell Wilson. But right now, I mean, that is the largest contract on the big elephant in the room when it comes to the Broncos. And ultimately, even if you want to, and look, you don't want to go and replace a coach after one year, but with that contract and with the the struggles that they've had this year, it's going to come down to, okay, the coach or the player with that contract, it's got to be the coach. Well, we've talked about it. I don't see the plan in Denver. I see the plan here. Yeah, In Henderson here. I know the plan, what's Mm -hmm. in place here. they got to get more wins, but in Denver they look lost. The Chargers won a monster game. Yeah, they did. Monster game on Sunday night because I didn't think they played a great game, but they hang around. If you go back and look at all the Chargers wins this year (laughs) and look at the Raiders' losses and flip them, you can't do that, but it's very similar. The Raiders are losing dramatically and the Chargers are winning dramatically. Mm -hmm. Justin Herbert really shined in this game like we knew he would. Their receivers kind of woke up in this Mm -hmm. game. Mike Williams especially here. They played without Derwin James and Bosa, and I thought they played physical. This was the best win of the year for the Chargers. Without a doubt. I thought they played great in all three phases, right? I mean, that was a big game that was hyped up, and, you know, it was the uh, the Tua and the Herbert debate, and Herbert let it be known that there was no debate, right? Herbert let it be known who he was, and again, I got to give the Chargers a lot of credit for that big victory that they had, and a very physical game, like you mentioned, the defense played what we all thought the defense could potentially look like with all the guys like a J.C. Jackson, a Joey Bosa, Derwin James, and they didn't have any of those guys, and they still went out there and played really well. I got to tell you about Miami. I think they're starting to slip here. They have speed. Mm -hmm. Tua missed about five or six wide-open touchdowns in this game. That Tyreek Hill touchdown on the fumble recovery, and then the Cheetah took off on the far side. That was a brilliant play there, too. But the Dolphins, Q, have eight wins. They need two out of their next four. And I think it's going to come down to the final game of the year when they go up against the Jets and what their schedule shows there. So I think what's driving me nuts with the Raiders is that the Raiders should be winning all these games. Right. And I think that the Jets are slipping and the Dolphins are slipping, and those are two teams that the Raiders could and they want to track down. Absolutely. And and none of those teams that are in front of the Raiders are that much better than the team. No, That's not. what is so frustrating for me. I look at these games and like you mentioned, these one score losses that the Raiders have had that last year they won, you know, and that's what's driving Raider Nation crazy is the fact that they did win those one score games and even the ones that the Chargers are winning now where the ball bounces back in their hands. Something something convenient happens. The Raiders were getting those bounces last year. And so it's frustrating because those teams right in front of them, you see them, you realize, man, that they, they, they could be there or better than these teams, and they're just right behind them. They just haven't got the breaks. Well, I am so excited about this New England game. And after that, the Christmas Eve game is in Pittsburgh. The Raiders are a better team, I believe, but we'll have to look at the health of the team. The Niner game's a monster, monster game here. There'll be a lot of Niner fans and Raider fans getting together the night after New... Yeah, (laughs) good luck, right? Good luck for that one, right? Right. We got to do a pregame show. Good luck. We got to do the pregame. No, you got to do the pregame. So good luck there. But 9-4 for the Niners, and the Niners look really good. And then the Chiefs, depending on what the Chiefs are playing for in that last game. But once again with the Patriots, I think this is a fabulous opportunity for the Raiders. I really do. No matter what happens, I'm not predicting the score. But the Raiders have an opportunity to beat their mentor in Bill Belichick. Let's not hide from that. Okay, This organization, Mark Davis brought the guys from the Patriots to establish that here. 
in Las Vegas. And I think when you look at what they're trying to do, we know the plan. But this would be a great opportunity to show everybody that they're able to beat the mentor and Bill Belichick, play a very good game at home again. And Q, as we talked about, show that with the extra time off Mm -hmm. and a gut-wrenching loss that they had a great week of practice. Next man up, everybody, if you can play in this game, you better play in this game. If you can play in this game, you better play in this game and come out there and make a statement at Allegiant Stadium. No doubt about it. The Raiders have had, what, 10 days off and the Patriots are playing on a short week. Absolutely. It means a lot. It means a lot to Raider Nation to see the Patriots come into Allegiant Stadium and and the Raiders get the best of them. And I I do fully believe that the Raiders could win this game. I know the Patriots have a really good defense. The offensive line is going to get tested. But, I mean, there's, again, no reason why the Raiders don't win this game. They should be fully rested and they should be amped up and motivated and angry. That's what I want to see is some guys angry because they know that they lost that game on Thursday. I'm not saying dwell on it, but come out with a sense of urgency and some anger. You said that perfectly. The Raider Nation deserves this victory. Yep. The Raider Nation has been told about this program here in Las Vegas and where it needs to be. This is the test. Yep. Let's see. And you and I were back at those dual workouts, the joint workouts, yeah. and the Raiders dominated the Patriots. And they dominated them in the preseason game. And I know it's just the preseason. Mm-hmm. We all know that and the difference between that. But I think the Raiders match up. Derek Carr's got to outplay Mac Jones. Yes. Period. Yep. Because he didn't outplay Baker Mayfield. No. And if that doesn't fire up Derek this week, nothing will. And I know that Derek, when he comes off a loss, takes it personally, and he normally bounces back with an emotional, uplifting game. Josh Jacobs is having an all-pro year. Max Crosby's one of the best defenders out there. And when we take a look at this defense overall, someone's got to make a play. Mm-hmm. The penalties need to be cleaned up, and the Raiders have to prove that they're in this game late. I think they'll have the playmakers – Devontae right. to go win this game in the fourth quarter. You know, one of the reasons Devontae wanted to come to Las Vegas is he wanted to be on the West Coast and allow his family to come to the games Great and point, watch, yeah. right? Allow Devontae Adams to show out in front of his family, right? They're going to be here. It's the West Coast. Uh, he's going to be at Allegiant Stadium. Allow Devontae to continue to stay in the game. You saw him early on Thursday night against the Rams get involved. Continue to keep him involved. Don't let him go away. Don't play into the defense's hands. Continue to get him involved in the game. Make him a weapon that he is. The Patriots is the most recent dynasty in the NFL. Absolutely. I don't see a new dynasty on the horizon. I don't. No. Kansas City struggles to win Super Bowls. They've won one under Andy Reid here. This is the greatest coach of all time. They had the GOAT. They no longer have him. They're fighting for their playoff lives, and the Raiders need to make a statement. Yep. This is the New England Patriots. You're not going to see them often in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. When you do, you take advantage of it. For Q Myers, I'm JT. Thanks for watching this week. Please subscribe. Share this with your friends throughout the Raider Nation. We greatly appreciate it. Thanks for joining us on Raiders Roundtable.